Good morning, everybody. Top of the morning to you. Is it uh, Kidizemba, boss? Yes? No? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching you all. Eh? You must all behave. All of you all. We are watching. Remember, hey? Remember, it's Kidizemba, but you are a child of God. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that when a guy <coughs> grabs a bottle of beer and he stands on the top of the house and he goes, Oh, December! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the wire. Flip, it was brilliant. When, when you see guys like that, you yes. know trouble's coming. <laughs> hey, you know. I don't know if you guys like, like this, especially this time of the year, you always see these certain characters floating around and you watch them walk past and you say, hey, he come a problem. Oh, or even if you like going out and then you know that like super loud group comes into the restaurant or something and you just go, oh my gosh, here we go. This is hey. usually you. Nice. Okay. You're going to be super loud about the gospel. Amen. Praise Jesus. <laughs> She is. She is. Yeah. But are you guys well this morning? Amen. Is God good? And if He's good, we are joyful. Amen. If He's good, we have peace. If He's good, we are whole. We are complete. Amen. And I like, uh, I like Dylan's angle this morning. I know when everyone saw Malachi 3, they were like stressed. Like, huh? Are we robbing God? No, no, no. The true thing was that God does not want to be robbed of the opportunity of being provider in our lives. Amen. He desires it. He loves it when we place our reliance on him. Amen. And uh, I think we've been taking a pretty cool journey with that as well. Last week was, uh, I don't know, I watched it back. We had like quite a funny, funny sermon. It felt like I was at a, comedi- a comedy show, you know, it was like a bit weird. So our apologies, you know, but we're allowed to have fun in church. I think that when the word is funny, people remember it more. I think so. <laughs> Anyone's going to remember the, the milk, <laughs> the milk M- example. The milk and honey. <laughs> Do you guys remember the milk joke, or is he just no, remembering it by himself? The milk. No, they don't even remember it. You don't remember the milk? Did he drink it from my milk box? You don't remember? Last week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I went and had coffee at his house last night, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I poured from the same bottle <laughs> that we were discussing on the Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, awesome. So you got, you know, we've been calling this series, it's actually about the kingdom, but we've been referring to it and given the title of Carefree Christian. Amen? Because that's what it's supposed to be. You know, when we come into that kingdom where the king provides for us, we're supposed to be carefree. The greatest posture of a Christian is not on his knees fighting his battles. You know, that's the thing that's, you know, I'll fight my battles on, on, on my knees because that makes me so righteous and so holy. No, the greatest posture of a Christian is somebody who walks day to day, 24 hours a day, in the moment, carefree. No worries. Amen? Amen. His theme song is, don't worry. (laughs) Be happy. (laughs) Everybody know what I'm talking about? Da, 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 da. Come on, sing it. Da, 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 da. Don't worry, be happy now. Why? Come on, you guys did such a good job. Why is that supposed to be? I know it's not a holy song, but why is it a theme song? Because, man, when you are focused on God and His provision, in all things of your life, when you've practiced that, when you're living that, amen, 
You can't help yourself but sing songs like that, whistle and step and skip and jump and smile. You can't help yourself because the love of God has got you, man. Amen? There's trust. You know, every little whistle, every little skip in your step is a pronouncement of your trust. Amen? That's why we called it the carefree Christian. Because when you're in the kingdom, the kingdom provides. Amen? The king provides. Can we just let go and let the king show off? Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, it's about that time where I get... I need to see my king show off again. Amen? I just want him to show off, man. (laughs) He's got so many things that he can show you. It's crazy. We've got to become like little children with this expectation in our hearts. Every day is Christmas with Jesus. Amen? That's it. Every day. He says, I daily load my benefits onto you. Mm. I daily give you new mercies every morning. Man. This is what this is all about. We think for some reason, I don't know what has happened to the gospel. I don't know the message that's being preached anymore. The message that's being preached out there is, man, how much can you do by yourself so that you can show God how worthy you are? What a crazy upside. Terrible. Amen? Mm. This is all about being like a child. I told the guys at uh, um, a men's group the other day, I said, you know, when my kids, when Trish made dinner and she called the kids to the dinner table, they didn't run, you know, she used to say, come and get it, food's ready. They didn't run from the backyard or wherever they were playing or whatever it is. They didn't stop quickly halfway, have a prayer meeting and then have a, a, um, you know, a, a prayer of provision, Father God. Pray that mom and dad made enough money so we'll have some chops with our salad this, this evening. We pray that there will be a little bit of dessert after the dinner. No. You know what they did? They came with the same attitude that they had outside where they were just sticking their fingers in each other's noses with mud cakes and whatever it was, carefree, ran to the table, sat down, and they went, okay, let's eat. They didn't care about how it got there. That's not their job. That's not their problem. That was mine and Trisha's problem. We had to make sure that there was food on the table. We, the roof of, uh, over the house didn't end at the end of the month. Are you with me? Why can't we be like that now? Have you asked yourself that question? What's the stumbling block in your heart that's stopping you from being like that right now at 30, 40, 50, however old you are? Amen? He can provide for you right there, right in that moment. Amen? Hello? How many of you guys are in agreement with me this morning? We've got to just let go, guys, and we've got to understand that this king, you see, the thing about a kingdom working properly is... The people have to trust the king's nature. Hello? It is of utmost importance that the subjects of the kingdom know that the king himself is good. He is only good. And our Bible tells us that he is not a king that just has love. He is a king of love. He is love himself. 
He calls it the kingdom of light. Did you know that in this kingdom, our kingdom, there's no doubt about him. There's no doubt about how he loves us. There's no doubt that tomorrow he's going to wake up and he's going to change his way, change the way he feels about us. There's no doubt that when you wake up tomorrow, the king is the same as he was yesterday. The king in this kingdom of light, he has already made known his character and he has already decreed the goodness of his kingdom, how it works, and him. He's a good king. He's not like the political leaders that sway, yeah, and there. Are you with me? He's not like your parents. Your father loves you. I mean, our parents loved us. But he could have stress at work and whatever, and he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed, and that morning you go to say good morning, and it's not a good morning. He's just a human, not our father, not our heavenly father. He never changes. Everything in this kingdom is made by him, it's made for him, it's made through him, it's made around him, it's coming from within him. This kingdom comes from him. You've got to see this almighty king sitting on his throne, and the scriptures tell us about him. The scriptures describe him like this. Now picture this. God sitting on his throne, and it says his eyes are going to and fro over the earth, looking to whom he can show himself to, looking for those who love him and trust him so that he can actually show himself off to them. That's what the scriptures say, not me. So he's not a father who's sitting and looking for your problems and looking for what he must punish. He's looking for trust. He's looking for the one that's trusting, and he goes, I can show myself there. Boom. The scriptures say that this God, this beautiful king, he sits on his throne, and it's a throne of light. Did you know that it says that when he shifts, when he he turns, and he looks to the east, and he looks to the west, other way around, east, west, your east, and whatever, as he turns, guess what? There are no shifting shadows on this king. There is no darkness on this king, in this king, around this king. What does that mean? Just think about what the scriptures are saying. They're saying you can fully trust him. There's no evil in him. There's no doubt in him. There's no uncertainty in him. Even when he shifts, even when he moves, even when he's active, there's nothing that will reveal anything else but what the scriptures say about him. Are you with me? No doubt. No darkness. No uncertainty. He's going to be the same every day for the rest of your life. But you and I must harmonize according to him. Amen? We must harmonize our hearts with his. But how do you harmonize with someone if you don't first trust that they're good? At their core, they are good. Everything they say is good. Everything they decree is good. Every law that he that he uh, into the kingdom has good in it. Hello? But we're so short-sighted and we're so 
untrusting in, in him and in his character, when we hear his, him say, don't do it this way, do it that way, what do we do? We don't think of his provision, his power, his wisdom, his omnipotence. We don't think of the fact that there's no evil in him. The first thing we think is, through our flesh, we take that law, we process it through our selfish little way, and you know what we do? The first thing we think about is not how good he is. We think about what is it going to cost us, what are we going to lose, are we going to lose out? Because we don't trust the character of who he is. Turn to the person next to him and say, he is just good. He is only good. You know, the, the way religion has, has uh, uh, portrayed him, this king, they've portrayed him as this egomaniac, this self-egocentric uh, uh, maniac who needs your worship. He needs your obedience. Because if you don't obey him, he's not going to feel like God. If you don't obey him, his throne is going to come to an end. This is not the God of the Bible. This is some other weird religious being or, or picture that we've been given. We don't trust him. Amen? Hello? Turn to person next you say, man, in this kingdom, it's all about the king. Do you know how good he is? Amen? I want to just get this out quickly the way I got it, and then we're going to jump into it, okay? <clears throat> so as we explained in last week, when God said, let there be life, everything came into being. Every framework for every creation. So if you don't trust him, and you think you know better than him, the law of gravity, you can go test it. You can go test it. You've you got free will. In actual fact, if you want to see God quickly, jump on the roof and, and, and jump off and see if gravity doesn't work. I think you'll see him. You might see him in his full glory. Yeah. Are you with me? You've got to understand, when he said, let there be light, let there be life, he spoke it from him. He is the source. As he said it, gravity, the laws of nature, the, the physical laws, the spiritual laws, the laws that govern all the different realms, the entire universe was put into place. And it's not, and you know, we, we're so small-minded, we don't realize that when he put all those things into place, the same time he put into place how your heart works. There's laws that govern your heart. There's laws that govern community. There's laws that govern relationships. There's laws that govern the body. Are you with me? All those laws were just established from who he is. That's why you will never truly wrap your mind around how great this God is. Amen? Do you realize that in the ecosystem, if you take bees out of the ecosystem, do you understand what happens? If we just take one little player out of the ecosystem called bees, how many of you guys understand how significant bees are? Okay? We will die, family. We will not be here. Why? Because that little bee goes and pollinates certain flowers. 
And those flowers actually sustain certain animals. And those animals then sustain us. So if that process doesn't work, if one little thing out of the system doesn't work, we die. There's no difference to the laws of the heart, the laws of relationship, the spiritual laws. Do you understand? I'm going to give you an example. As he gave it to me when I was praying this morning, he just said, break it down just like this. So, two Christians, they believe they're Christians, and they want to do things God's way. God says, no sex before marriage. It's fornication. Hmm. Hold on a second. But does God understand how much I care for this person? Does he understand the emotional connection? Hey, Amen. we are so emotionally connected. <laughs> and what we do is we go, you know, that one doesn't work for me, but you know what, God, I love you. And I love your kingdom, and I love your ways. So that one, we're just going to put on the shelf, and we're going to continue pursuing you. Not understanding that like the little bee in the, in the ecosystem, that's a building block for something else. Hello? I want you guys to listen carefully this morning. It's a building block for something else. You can't skip the one to go to the next phase and then still think that the king can provide for you. You have violated the law. So in that department, he will not be able to give you what he can give you until you stop and you go back and you fix it. Hello? Listen to what I'm saying. You cannot bypass what he says goes, when it goes, how it goes, because there's a bigger picture that you don't understand. Hello? Are you with me, folks? Turn to the person next to you and say, this one's going to be a now. Okay, is this king being overbearing because I'm not allowed to have a little bit of nookie with, the, with my little cookie? No, no, no. You know, when I say cookie, I mean, you know, with my cookie. But you're not my cookie. What, what is happening right now? This is going down bad, very fast. Lord, we come back to your ways. <laughs> so what we think is we think, yes, you know what, you know, but you know what, God, maybe it's just a little too much. We can't have, we're going to move to the marriage thing because, you know, we're going to get married and it's going, to, it's going to make up for all that stuff, those years that we didn't do it your way. Why laughing on tissue, man? So he knows, God knows this. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> so our thing is this we think that no no the end goal for this thing is to get the marriage certificate then we'll make it all right we'll make it good we'll have the marriage certificate and that'll just wipe away all the sex before marriage story now listen I'm not saying there's not grace for you there's grace but I'm showing you what you're missing out on I had sex before marriage. 
So I'm not sitting here uh, condescending uh, on anybody or, or condemning anyone. What I'm saying to you is, in hindsight, I know what I missed out on. And over the years, I knew how hard it was. The first eight years of our marriage was hell on earth just to, just to get this thing right again. And that's what we don't want you to go through. Are you with me? So we think that, we think that you know, the marriage certificate is going to make it all right. But God's going, hold on a second. Before you get the certificate, you know, when, usually when you get a certificate, it's for something that you've achieved. Hello? You only get a, you're only supposed to get a marriage certificate when you have achieved something. Hello? Achieved what? True lovemaking. True lovemaking does not mean two people under the covers in a bed. Hollywood has given that perception of love. That's not love. Are you with me? In actual fact, if you're doing it before you've done this, the work, it's selfishness. It's actually selfishness. Why? Because true lovemaking takes place in the heart. So God says, before you get the certificate that says, yes, you have achieved the yes from me. You see, because God has to say, yes, I do, before you do. Hello? God has to say, yes, I do, I approve, before you say, yes, I do, through thick and thin and all these other things. Because until he said yes, all your promises mean squat. Because he had to build something in you. Are you with me? So just like the little bee getting taken out of, out of uh, uh, the ecosystem, you haven't done the lovemaking in the heart. What does lovemaking in the heart look like? Lovemaking in the heart is I actually create space inside me for another person. I have to go through the process of creating value for that person inside me. Hello? It's not just what I'm intending to do. It's not just what I think is good. I literally have to work this person into me. They have to become one with me. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is a process. So that when you do stand before God and you get the certificate, the certificate means something. It's not just a piece of paper that was printed out by home affairs. Because marriage, you see, was invented by who? It's God. The king. And the king is declared, this is the way my kingdom works. We find value for each other. We build value. We make space. We, put, we prepare these hearts. We get it right. And then when our intentions meet our character and our character is complete, I value you enough to give you my life, then we do what? We go get the certificate. Then we consummate. We consummate the lovemaking with the physical intercourse. We've made it all about the intercourse. We've missed all the, pro the whole process coming up to the intercourse. The intercourse is supposed to be an external expression of all the lovemaking that's been taking place. 
Hello? Do you understand what I'm saying, guys? There's a reason why he says what he says. There's a, re- there's a way the system works. And he says if you abuse the system, if you neglect the system, or if you choose to do your own way in the system, by nature of the system, a curse comes upon you. The curse is not coming from God. The curse ain't came from the devil. The devil's a dumb oak in the, in the darkness. He's trying to fight for God's kingdom. He doesn't know where he's coming or going. Are you with me? So this is how it works. This is, this, is what, this is how the kingdom works. Now, if you want the provision of the kingdom and of the king, he says, seek ye first the kingdom and his way of doing things. Hello? So what happens now when we have two young people that have built the space in their hearts, they've created, they've been doing all the lovemaking, their hearts are ready, their character can now back up their intention for the other person because they've gone through a whole bunch of stuff there. They've gone through delayed gratification. They've gone through already putting that person before myself. Like, I want to go and play golf, but my, but my wife doesn't want me to go play golf. Okay, so you know what? Before I just get in the car and go play golf, what do I do? Uh, well, not my wife, my girlfriend or whatever. I've already, I've already realized, hold on, I can't just go do that anymore because I've made space for somebody here. So what do I do? I go and make them feel important. I go and give them, uh, I go and communicate, and I go and say, listen, I'm going to go with the boys or whatever, and vice versa. If the lady wants to go with the ladies, are, are you with me? We've already cultivated that thing inside of each other. We're already one. Then we go and get the certificate. Then when we get the certificate, what happens? The intercourse takes place. Now is an expression of what's been happening in our hearts. Guess what happens now? Now, because the marriage is God's way, it has set a framework for the two little ones that come out of that marriage. Now those kids, by default, do you know that children are made who they are for the rest of their lives up until the age of seven? At the age of seven, that child is is, finished, it's done. It is complete. They will know and behave with what they've got up until the age of seven, till the day they die, unless they go and change their mind. So you've got seven years, seven years to set up the kingdom in their hearts. Seven years for them to see mommy loves the king, daddy loves the king. What happens then? They grow up secure. They understand what value is because daddy values mommy. Mommy values daddy. Hello? They see what, what a man's love looks like for a woman. They see what a woman's love looks like for a man. They see the picture of God in the mom and dad. And the next moment, when it's time for them to go out into the world, what do they do? They don't, you don't even have to worry. You can literally go, Kunk. Get out of here. You can open the door and go, enjoy yourself. You know why? Because in them is a picture of the value of the law that was carried about not having sex before marriage. It built something pure in mom and dad. It's established a, 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 a relationship. They've show, they see what value is all about. Those kids, you don't even have to worry. They're going to go out there and guess what? She's going to find a man that looks like daddy. 
She's going to desire a man that looks like daddy. Why? Because she knows what value looks like. She ain't going to go look for someone that's not going to value her the way daddy valued her and the way daddy valued mommy. It's already been inbred. Same thing. Why would he go out looking for a floozy? He's not. He's in, he knows what a lady looks like. He knows how a lady needs to be treated. He's seen how a father creates space for his wife. He's got an idea. He walks out. He's already safe. He's going to find himself a lady just like, like his mom. What happens then? It perpetuates. Now all of a sudden, we've got a solid home, solid people. Now those two kids... They get to go out into the community, into the school, and guess what? Your kids are safe, so guess what? My kids are safe. Hello? Your kids are safe. My kids are safe. I know my kids aren't just going to abuse your kids, vice versa. We can rest. We can enjoy. We can go play golf together, me and Goth, whatever. Because we know, listen listen to this, we know the work has been done just by listening to the law. Because the law in itself provides the life. Are you with me? Guys, it's like this for every law. Now the school is safe because there's good kids in the school. They've got a reference. Now the community becomes safe. Now the town becomes safe. Now everybody in the kingdom is expressing and receiving value for each other. Because it started with one law. One law. How many broken marriages do we have today? Hello? Guys, you don't actually know. You don't know. Why? Because people never made love before they made love. Because they didn't listen to the wisdom of God I was sitting at a dinner table with my kids' friends at Jaden or Jamie's birthday once, and let me tell you something, there was, there was seven kids at this table, seven young girls, and they sat down to have dinner with us, and the Holy Spirit said to me, ask them how many of them still have their mom and dads. Five out of the seven were from divorced homes. Immediately, you can, you, it's like immediate, you see the breakdown of everything, and, you, and it goes back, 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 and you see no father figure. That's why that kid does what they, that's why the other day kids came home and said, Dad, you know what so-and-so did at school? They actually did this. And you don't know the kids and you just think about it and then they come visit you and you, and you go, are you still with your mom and dad? No. Then you know. Did, did you know the statistics say that a, a young man that grows up without a father figure, okay, he's got 70 times, 70% more chance of going to jail than one who grows up with a solid father figure. Go check the stats. You know how they got the stats? By asking the guys in jail. 70% of the prisoners come from broken homes. Do you understand that God's law, God's kingdom, the way he set it out, it's not for his benefit. It's for yours. There's a reason why he says these things. Amen? Amen? If you take one step out of the building block, but what's the problem? We don't have patience. 
And patience is a direct sign of no trust. The only reason why you can't trust God, you, I mean, why you don't have patience, is because you don't believe he's going to bring it about. So you go and you jump into the mix and you try and bring about something before it's time. Ever heard of Abraham and Sarah? Hello? Guys, you cannot nitpick, or not nitpick, pick and choose how you're going to do things in his kingdom. Now, if you haven't done it or if you've messed it up, there's grace. But now the responsibility is on you. Hello? Listen to me carefully. The responsibility is on you to go think back, go renew, go align and harmonize with that truth that you abused or that truth that you overlooked because you thought you knew better than him in his own kingdom. The responsibility is on you now. Go make it right. He's already declared this is how life works. Hello? The government said, drive on the left lane and pass on the right. I want you to now, from today, when you leave here, drive home on the right-hand side of the road. Please do it. And then give us feedback next week. Go. There'll definitely be a consequence. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> now, if you do by some chance drive into somebody, okay, is it a curse? Oh, the devil is attacking me. The devil is attacking me. The devil doesn't have to attack stupid people. Are you with me? The devil actually enjoys watching stupid people live. Because you know why? Stupid people bring no glory to God. Are you with me? I promise you. Now, this is how... This is how Grant actually made a note of that statement. I don't know why. <laughs> you going to post it later? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I know this sounds basic, but, but are you getting something? It is basic. I mean, we are running around wanting to hear, go and listen to the next great speaker. Hey, Miles Monroe's, yeah. Okay, he's in heaven now, but I mean, if he was coming, everyone would be like, you are that guy's got revelation on the kingdom. We've got to get there. And then Miles pulls out his, his best-selling book and, he, and it's some simple quotes from his book. And guess what? It's as simple as what I just told you. It's so simple. Just think about it. I mean, Bash, pick it up. I must think about it. You, yeah, you must think about it. <laughs> pick it up. I mean, no, give us another example, the simplicity of this. But, yeah, I, I like the simplicity because, you know, a lot of people struggle with, okay, but God's way, right? Like, why did he give me a way that I didn't want, you know? And the truth is, is we think that God is treating us the way everyone else is. Everyone else has treated us in life, you know, and uh, many times, yeah, sorry, yeah, many times we've, uh, we've gone through those statistics, you know, the broken homes and, you know, the kids, I mean, even at youth, when, when we were still uh, doing the youth ministry, man, you know, kids would come and tell you things, and as much as it would shock you, it didn't surprise you, because you'd ask them, okay, but, you know, how's your mom, how's your dad, what's happening, and you realize, oh my goodness, this thing is just going generation to generation to generation. You know, when people think of generational curse, they think it's the devil or demons or God, you know, remembering that. It's not that, guys. It's, it, it, it's at that generation that decided, no, now we do it God's way. 
Because everything I'm choosing to do and how I'm building my life, how I'm approaching things, this is going to carry on to my kids, my kids' kids, and so on and so on. You know, you know what I'm saying? And when we think about, and that's why in this church, you know, we emphasize the presence of God. We emphasize the presence. Guys, the presence of God needs to be your number one priority. Everything else is supplementary. Are you with me? We've made statements where we said, listen, these words on this page are not powerful. It's the one who sustains them that's powerful. Worship music is not powerful. It's when you connect with God that it's powerful. Are you guys with me? When, if we just take the rules of God and we apply them, they're not powerful. It's when he's leading us in them that we experience the power. Amen? Last week we were talking about uh, um, Matthew 16, 19, you know. Uh, for I've given you the keys of the kingdom. And uh, whatever you bind, Tenneth, actually you can put it up, please, sorry. Because this is what it comes down to, is that when we come to God and we hear about all these amazing things, and you know the way you broke down that, and that's only one thing, eh? One that's only the little bee, exactly. Listen, if we could take flies out the ecosystem, I think we'd be okay. So anyone got a plan to take flies out the ecosystem and mosquitoes? I think I'm cool. Spiders, I, I'd allow spiders before I allow those two, seriously. Um, but that's just one little element of so much of life that we experience. You know, if we even go to health, if we even go to mental well-being, if we even go to, you, you know, uh, um, relationships, we go to finances, we go to all these things, we realize, woof, this stuff is really complicated here. You know what I'm saying? It's very difficult to make anything good out of it. And a lot of people, yeah, so here we go. So kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, a lot of people, when they, when they hear this principle, they think, wow, exciting, let's go for it, you know, sort of thing. But power, power. yeah, you've got to put that P in there. Power, right? But you still need to be able to see, okay, what is it that's in heaven? I'm not going to bind and loose what I like. Are you with me? Binding and loosing what you like is not abiding in the kingdom. Jeez, can you imagine how many women would bind someone else's husband? <laughs> yeah. Loose them and bind them, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I loose them from... I loose that, that man for me in the name of Jesus. Bind them to me, you know. I don't know if you guys ever had those, those, those prophecies or visions, because we've had them a few times where, like, someone would come after us, like, oh, the Lord showed me... My husband, you know, a girl will come. The Lord showed me my husband. I'm like, wow, really? What does he look like? It's like, no, it's that guy on stage. Yeah. Mara is married. Yeah, yeah, no. God showed me. I'm like, winner. <laughs> what are you saying right now? <laughs> are you guys with me? And people take this opportunity that Jesus is giving. Now, they see the system as powerful. They see the kingdom as powerful. Are you with me? But it's not in itself powerful. It's powerful because of who's in it. And we need to have the acknowledgement that when we are living life, and if we don't put Jesus at the center of our lives, we are not going to have any good, any power, any peace. Amen? We're not going to have any of that. So when he's talking here, binding and loosing and all these kind of things, people are like, yes, I lose finances in Jesus' name. It's like, okay, cool. You lose finances, but you didn't go and repair the holes in your heart that's causing all the finances to go. <laughs> ah, Pastor, what are you saying? We must be wise with finances? Well, how do you stop them from going out? 
How do you stop them from being wasted? So goes, I lose finances. I'm going to open an account at Foschini's, <laughs> at Checkers. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I lose finances, Lord. Yes, I'm blessed with this car, 25,000 rand a month, excluding insurance. Hallelujah. This is the provision of the Lord. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. But you earned 19,000. How did you get 25,000 car loan? Now we made a plan, Pastor. You made a bad plan. But no, every, every day we're going to lose finances. God will bless it. God provides. Hallelujah. Now listen, here's the thing. God is still the provider even through bad decisions. But here we go now. In the midst of consequences, we're desperate for solutions. But God's saying, guys, we can avoid all these consequences if you just do it my way. Amen? If you just do it my way. And Jesus showed us that he said, listen, everything that I do, I saw my father do first. Everything I say, I heard my father say first. So what, what is the principle he's giving us? He's giving us the principle that, listen, what you have seen me lose here with the authority given to me by God, what you have seen me lose now where this, the, this, uh, this person came to me and said, Rabbi, if you are willing, you can heal me. When Jesus said, I am willing, be healed, he already saw what was available in heaven for that. Are you guys with me? And it's a very, very dangerous thing, guys, because what we do is we become disillusioned about all the inheritance given to us in Jesus. And we see inheritance, and because we're selfish, right, we want the inheritance by force. We'll take it for our benefit and our selfish gain. But in Romans, Paul says the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in what? In the Holy Spirit. Do you know what that means? That means there's no binding, loosing, there's no inheritance, there's no movement, there's nothing without the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you even do it in the name of God, if there's no Holy Spirit, it's not in line with the kingdom. You know, Jesus makes a very, very hectic statement. I think it's Matthew 7. I'm not sure what it is, but you know there where he says, uh, um, depart from me, I did not know you. Now, you know, we were told before that as believers, okay, as believers, that could be you one day. We're like, ah. But God says, I'm his child. Does God, does God not know his children? You guys ever thought that? It's like, well, does God know my name? No, no. Read some context. Go a bit earlier. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about these false preachers, false teachers, false prophets who are abusing the name of God, right, to get their own selfish gain. Paul addresses it. Peter addresses it. They all talk about it. And he says, turn from me. You use my name. I didn't even know you. They are unsaved people. But are they doing it in the name of God? Of course. There are, there are people today who are so-called men and women of God. They spray doom in your face in the name of Jesus and say the demon must come out. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know which Jesus you're talking about. But the one is from Mexico or something. But it's the demon that's spraying yeah. the can at you. <laughs> exactly. You know? And this is what we need to realize, guys, is that this inheritance that has been made known to us, that has been given to us purely through Christ's finished work that we receive by faith, he's saying that that inheritance is not independent of him. Amen? So when he says he's given us the keys of the kingdom, what is he saying? He says, you're allowed to be here. You're even allowed to act here. You're allowed to even make decisions here. That's what he's saying. You are justified. Paul emphasized that in all his letters. Then he goes on to say, and what you bind here, right, as bound in heaven, what you loose here as loose in heaven, what's his emphasis? 
his emphasis is that you need to see what is in heaven first. Are you guys with me? Because you know that scripture there, if you put yourself at the middle of it, you are into, what is the, the new age thing? I, I'm going to manifest this. How did you get this job? No, I manifested it. Okay, what, do you do? what does that mean? No, I put on a music, and then uh, I, I said this three times, and I bring myself to a higher state of peace. What, what nonsense are you talking about? I don't understand. What nonsense, right? But at the core of it, everything that we have available, we need to have him at the center. You want peace, right? The decision that you've made about peace and the image that you have is incorrect. Because all of us have an image of peace that's independent from Jesus. You want prosperity? The image is incorrect. Because all of us have built up an image independent from Jesus. So this process of going back now that you were talking about, wherever you are, this process of going back and, and, and reassessing and looking and saying, okay, I didn't do it his way before, but now he's made all of this available to me. I can't go into his kingdom and do it that way. You need to go back and say, Lord, I thought peace was this before I met you. But now I want to experience peace in you. Are you guys with me? Even if you go study peace in the Bible, you cannot take the definitions that you get and everything without his nature confirming it, ladies and gentlemen. The scripture is an invitation to the true image of it. Amen? And as believers, we must be conscious of that. We don't get to just have theory knowledge. We don't get to sit down and just have a whole thesis and be like, what? That is peace. No, we can only say that, peace, that is peace after the Holy Spirit has confirmed it in our hearts. Amen. Amen? The problem, the problem with Christianity today is we're so far removed from God, and we know so many scriptures. Do you know how many people actually go on Bible schools today? It's crazy. Go to the average church, you'll see about almost 60, 65% have done some form of Bible school. But they have a form of godliness and no power. We've forgotten what this is all about. This is all about the heart of God, not just the Word. Because the Word <coughs> comes from the heart. So when the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you, all the people who know the Scriptures... What they do is they run out and they go and try and seek the kingdom the best they know how. I'm going to follow this commandment. I'm going to follow that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. That's not what he's saying. Seeking the kingdom first, okay, is to go and seek the highest value of every single thing in that kingdom before you ask God to partake and use it. Hello? In other words, you've got to get his heart behind the commandment. You've got to see, because the, the commandment explains the heart and the value. He says, do it this way because this is what this means to me. And this is the life that's attached to this thing. He can't change that. He can't change it for us. He says, you get to partake. You get to enjoy it if you just obey. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, I mentioned it earlier. It's in 2 Chronicles. He says, 
he sits and his eyes go to and fro across the planets, across the world, looking for those who love him so that he may show himself strong on their behalf. <clears throat> that is the law that's already been put in place. Come under it. Feel the weight of it. You have to feel the weight of it. You know why? It's heavy. Why? Because it comes from a big God who knows a lot more than you do. Come under it. Don't be scared of coming under it. Don't be scared of the pressure that it brings. Because the pressure that the commandment brings squeezes life out of you. And it brings you to a place where you see what he sees, you feel what he feels. And did you know that that is the glory of God? The glory of God is having his perception, his view, and his opinion. Everyone's saying, show me your glory, show me your glory. And he's going, it's all there. I've already laid it out. If you just come under it, you're going to see what I see. You're going to value your kids the way I value your kids. You're going to value your spouse, your wife, your husband, your friends, your church community. You're going to value yourself just by coming under what I've said how it's supposed to be. The word righteous means as it should be. Simple. But the choice is ours. Now the problem is this. Some of us have lived it our way and we're already in our 50s. So what does that mean? There's no chance? No, there, you still got all the chance. The only problem is you've got a lot more to unlearn now. And you know there's an old saying, you can't teach your old dog new tricks. Shame. That old dog's in trouble. I'm serious, guys. You're not a dog. So wisdom is bring it back. Stop. If you, if you haven't been applying something and you're not getting the life out of it, it's your chance. It's your, it's your you have the free will. That's it. Are you with me? If it's, if it's the one that I broke down, sex out of marriage, for instance, if it is that, man, just pull it back. Go to your partner and say, listen, I think we jumped the gun. Let's pull it back. Let's go and see what God means when he says, don't do this before. And let's experience what he, what he really wants us to experience in our hearts because I don't want to have the life outside of him. I want to be in the kingdom. Just do it. Be brave enough. And maybe you'll stumble. You know, maybe you'll fall. Maybe you'll slip up. Maybe you'll have an accident. You were naked, she was naked, then you slipped and whatever. Somebody said that to me once. They said they committed adultery. I said, how did you do that? He said, it was an accident, Pastor. I said, it was an accident. I said, was she naked and you were naked and you slipped on uh, some oil in the kitchen and whatever? And he just had to laugh because he was like, okay, you got me. It wasn't an accident. It's not an accident. You followed your, you followed, uh, your brain. The wrong one, but you followed it. The one that can't actually put anything together properly. But are you with me? Be those people of God of high value. It's not hard. 
It's there. You don't have to go to 25 different great leaders in the, in the world. Just listen to what he's saying, trust his word, and see what it brings about in your life. Whether it's your finances, like he said. It's a big one, guys. Most of the people are depressed because they don't work with their money properly. Do you know, in, in this church at the moment, all these young people are starting to come. Even Sheldon, I mean, he's, not in, he's already 60, eh? Uh, Sheldon came with a testimony. You know, we don't say tithe and then this will happen and that will happen. We actually say this is how the kingdom works when it comes to tithing. You must hear, you must hear the, the, the uh, testimonies that are coming. Let's just use Ashley, for example. Out of the blue, no one told or forced Ashley. He got the revelation. There's value behind everything that God says. From the moment he started tithing, you must see what this, how things have changed for him. All of a sudden, he got offers here where he got a bigger room for, the, for less money. He got job opportunities that have come his way as a contractor, full-time ones, starting next year. But you see, he was walking with God and he was enjoying God's presence all this time. But on the finance side, he was just like shelving it and he was like not trusting 100%. He knew that he trusts God and that. But he got to a point where he's like, okay, in my finances, now, it's you and me, God, I trust you. And when he applied that from the right heart, the kingdom started providing. I can't tell you how it works. It's a law of the heart. It's a spiritual law. And in this last month, I think there's four people that have come to me with the same story. It's amazing. You can't believe the stuff that's happening. But that's how it works, guys. So you'll move in the one, one place, fine, but the other place is going to be all the way back. Are you with me? Just line up. Line up with him and watch what happens. Trust, trust, trust. It's a good king. It's the kingdom of light. There's nothing hidden. Amen? Amen? It's all yours. Close your eyes. Let's pray, guys. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Why don't you just take this time right now? Do a little bit of heart work right now. And just, just take yourself through this thing and say, Holy Spirit, just show me. I know in certain parts I'm, I'm experiencing life and other parts I'm not. But I know salvation means saved, healed, delivered, set free, made prosperous, whole, sound. And I need to be experiencing salvation in every part of my life. Show me, Lord. I want to experience everything the kingdom has. Just show me. I'm willing. I'm willing. I know I might mess up, but Lord, I'm making a decision. I'm making a decision to do it your way and not my way. I trust you. I trust what you've said. I trust the way it works. Just take some time and just deal with whatever comes up in your heart. The Holy Spirit will show you.
I thank you. Lead our brothers and sisters here, Holy Spirit. Lead your children this morning. Just lead them in their hearts this morning. I know some of us need to make tough decisions to align and harmonize with you. But no matter how tough it is, Lord, we know. We know the benefit of being in harmony with life himself. We know, Lord, that heaven is a free gift. And we know that each and every one that has the Holy Spirit and has been reborn and regenerated in their spirit, heaven is home. But right here, right now, we're talking about living in the kingdom, Father. And we've been taught by your word, the kingdom is here, the kingdom is now, the kingdom has come upon us. We don't want to go into heaven battered and bruised and broken and full of regrets. We want to enjoy the ride. If it's the way we speak to our spouse, if it's the way we treat ourselves, if it's something that we are passively practicing that goes against the life in the kingdom, help us, Holy Spirit. Show us, whatever it is. We're not scared to come under the weight of it because we know that through your grace, your ability, all things can be done. All things are possible with you, Father. We misquote all these scriptures, Lord. We make it about all these things that we can go and achieve and do and buy. And But this is what you were talking about. All things are possible, even us. Broken, fallen people can become like Jesus. We can walk like Jesus. I know we can, Father. By your grace, we can do it. You said it. All things. Help us, Lord Jesus. We want to hate what you hate. We want to value what you value. We want to do what you say. We want to speak what we hear. We want all the goodness of your kingdom to envelop us, provide for us, protect us. In Jesus' mighty name. And all those who love the kingdom said, Amen. Give God a round of applause. Did you guys get something this morning? Challenged? That's what the law is supposed to do. (laughs) Enjoy, folks.